0: And welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Um, excited to uh, talk about our uh, next subject. Also excited that, uh, like the NBA, I have not had to deal with any major realignment in my life in quite a long time. So it's always,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's everything's always been nice. pretty stable. This this podcast has been pretty stable now for uh, quite a few years. And yeah, we don't uh, don't do a whole lot of moving around. We uh, stay in yeah. our same spots. We stay uh, pretty much. living where we live. And uh, yeah, it's been
0: pretty yeah, good. It's all good. So yes, so we are uh, the, the subject uh, is is realignment in the NBA and uh, how that has worked in the past, uh, times in which that has maybe had a major effect on, uh, you know, championships or finals appearances or things like that. So, um, you know, we're pretty used to the NBA landscape being what it is. It's been actually pretty stable since, you know, the the last major realignment occurred before the 81 season, you know, other than expansion teams and a few tweaks here and there, basically the same teams have been in the same conference uh, during that time. So So we're really used to that happening, but there was definitely a period, and we've talked about it in other different ways before, of, you know, expansion and shifting and you know of course the 76 merger and all that where you know things were not stable at all things changed you know dramatically so it's i think it's worth looking into um you know, the effects it had and, and some interesting what ifs and all that good stuff. Right, yeah, we've we brought it up many times before, you know, the, the
1: scenarios that people bring up all the time are, you know, the, the 80s bucks and how maybe they, you know, if they were in a different conference, things would have went a little different or, I mean, really you can look at the entire, you know, West, like the last 15 years of the Western Conference and versus the Eastern Conference and stuff like that, where little stuff like that but we're going to look at, 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 not necessarily like, there are some examples of like teams that, hey, they would have probably made the playoffs had it been, but we're going to look at a little bit higher end ramifications of that, like, oh geez, this team was really great but they had to meet up with x or whatever had they not done this or whatever so little stuff like that but yeah i mean you mentioned at the top um in terms of the stability that we've had we've had a few little teams we'll we'll talk about those here and there you know you've had your Hornets a few little expansion teams kind of come in and move or whatever but for the most part save for you know four or five little tweaks here and there it has not been major realignment whereas you go back in history and of course we'll go through it where you just see these just random ass things where the the league's still trying to find itself figure out where people should be you know line up the teams or whatever and it wasn't every year almost every other year occurrence for, for a while there and now we've had you know stability like you said for the last you know 30 plus years and uh, yeah we kind of Take it for granted now that it's just like you know you can sort of rely on this stuff here and there. But we'll talk about it in a bit. It's it, it was not that way for forever for a really long time in the NBA.
0: Yeah, that for sure. So um we'll get started with the teams that have not ever moved, which it makes it uh, easy for us. We're gonna kind of do this uh, team by team. That it seems to uh, that'll make it work the most smoothly. Um, so always in the East, the uh, Boston Celtics since the uh, merger, the 1950 season, the New York Knicks, also the uh, same season, and the uh, Syracuse Nationals, who later became the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, since 1950, they moved to Philly in 64, but they have always been in the East. The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers since the 71 season and the Toronto Raptors since the 96 season. So since they were inaugurated, they've always been in the East. Um, kind of makes sense geographically that those teams would all you know, pretty much be... Um, Eastern Conference teams, um, but although, right, we'll we'll talk about some geographic uh, yeah. mishaps here in a little bit. So. not always wasn't always geographic, yeah, yeah, was. <laughs> or yeah. Sometimes it was that wildly did not make sense, but um, but here they've, they've been pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Always in the West, uh, the Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunders in '68. The Phoenix Suns since 69, the Portland Trailblazers since 71, the Denver Nuggets since 77 when they joined the NBA from the ABA, uh, the Dallas Mavericks since 81, the Minnesota Timberwolves since 1990, and the Vancouver Memphis Grizzlies since 96, which that, – that's a little bit of a questionable one, although they are – I believe they're west of every team that's in the Eastern Conference, so so they feel more like they should be an Eastern Conference team, but they have um, – Technically, they do fit in the Western Conference. Um, Although, yeah, they uh, they have some weird road trips, of course, uh, since moving from Vancouver.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 Minnesota is similar as well. That's that's long been considered like a a, a, maybe a reason for their not, you know, obviously always being competitive. Or you know, obviously had some competitive points here and there, and and but uh, yeah, them being in the West. Uh, has always made it a little tough to for Minnesota. But I mean, geographically, it does make uh, a, a some sense, but yeah, it is kind of weird as well. You kind of, I wouldn't assume Minnesota being the West, but it, it does kind of fit a little bit, but that they've been along with Memphis um, always sort of alluded to as like, Hey, that could possibly be a reason why these teams are, not you know, always successful or always, but yeah, I think there's probably a lot of other things like Glenn Taylor, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that caused Minnesota to not be as good, but yeah, you
0: know. yeah, we're going to talk about it later, but the, um, you know, the, the, they can't really be anywhere else if the conference system is the way that it is. But maybe the conference system shouldn't be the way that it is, you know, is is, is theoretically the thought. But we'll, we'll get into that sort toward, toward, of toward the end where it's more their division that's the issue as opposed to the conference. Sure. But, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So now getting into the teams that have realigned um, the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, they, uh, of course, started in Minneapolis. And you would think that they would basically have been West um, all the time. But actually, they're in the first year of the NBA uh, there was, of course, the merger between the NBL and the BAA, and it was a 17-team league. So there were three divisions, the Eastern, the Central, and the Western, and they were in the Central Division in their first year. Um, In that merger, it took 10 teams directly from the BAA, including three teams that had previously played in the NBL and then joined the BAA before the merger, and that was a 12-team league. So two of those teams uh, either went away or went to a different league, and 10 of them went into the NBA. Six of them went directly from the NBL, which was a 10-team league. So four of those teams either went away or went to a different league. There was an attempt at another league, which is beyond the purview of the show, but um, but that did happen. And then there was one expansion team, the Indianapolis Olympians, who were actually player-owned. So that year there was a really, really complicated, unbalanced schedule where not all the teams even played the same um, number of games. <laughs> right. And, and there was a weird playoff system that I'm not even going to bother explaining because I don't really we, we talked about it on the it. show
1: not that long ago a few months ago I forgot exactly what the, the topic of the show was but uh, we, we definitely did talk about how like yeah some teams you know played 13 games or yeah. 14 games and this team played at the left like it was just a very very odd thing in the playoff system it absolutely no sense so I, I yeah. forgot what it was exactly but we talked about it a few months ago if you want to sure if you care to go
0: if you, if you want to just browse through all of our episodes and <laughs> this, and, and find it'll the be obvious one. I don't yeah. it's off my head right now I don't know but it'll be
1: right. obvious when you browse through our shows ah that's the episode where they to talk about the 1950, uh, you know, playoff series or whatever. I, God, I, I think it was about playoff restructuring. Um, so it was probably uh, during yeah. last year's playoffs. So it was something, something around there. But yeah, you'll see it was a complete disaster. And, and playoff structuring, similar to, to realignment, was the thing where like every year they were tweaking and changing and, and doing this and doing this and doing this. And then now we've sort of come to, to to expect other than, you know, short little changes in terms of seven games versus five games. For the most part, it's all pretty, pretty stable. And then you obviously you have, you know, home road games and, and those sort of switching off. But there was a while there, similar to realignment and expansion and whatnot, where it just makes no sense. Like every year, it's like now it's round robin. Now it's not round robin. Now this team plays this team. They're, they're, that guy's got to buy and like buys and round robins and all that sort of stuff. But this yeah. year in particular is just completely maddening. The three divisions, a bunch of new teams coming in, teams coming and going, and and stuff. But yeah, the nineteen fifty was just a complete disaster in terms of playoffs. But hey,
0: yeah. trying to get their lead together. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. right. <laughs> there, there you go. Growing pains. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Yes. And um. But after that season they have been in the western division or conference since 51 in fact the league as you know that that year with the playoffs probably not helpful to get to the league that went from 17 teams down to 11 teams in 51 (laughs) two divisions eventually they were eight teams by 55 um but lake or the lakers have remained in the western conference outside of they moved to la but obviously la is about as far west as you can get so they have stayed in that conference uh, since uh, uh since 51 so uh, so yeah, they have uh, they they, they basically uh, stayed. Uh, you know, they technically w- were in a different uh, division, but uh, you know, almost their entire history have been in the West.
1: Right. Yeah, which which makes sense, obviously. Yeah. But geographically and and sort of, it, it seems it just seems right that the Lakers are, are West. But now, I mean, now that they're in LA, there's almost no. I mean, it'd be it'd be absolutely ludicrous if they were in the Eastern Conference. But
0: right. Uh, absolutely. Yes. So. Um, the Pistons. It gets a little more complicated. So,
1: yes. <laughs> strap it.
0: <laughs> like the Lakers, they started out in the uh, Central Division in their first year in At this point, they were in Fort Wayne, not uh, Detroit. And then they um, they moved to the Western Division the next season and um, remained in Fort Wayne through 57. And then uh, moved to Detroit the next year and remained in the Western Division in 1967 and then they went to the eastern division for 3 seasons from 68 to 70 and they moved there when the um Seattle SuperSonics and then the, the then the then San Diego Rockets joined the league but they were under 500 those uh years so there was no real effect on uh, playoff matchups or um anything like that and then right. and then we go on to the western conference uh The period between uh, 71 and 78, and there was a little bit of effect uh, on how things worked out in in terms of uh, playoff structure and some kind of some weirdness during that time.
1: Yeah, so a little bit of background just to give you an idea how they they sort of got here. The Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls joined the NBA in 1967, uh, Rock and Sonics in 1968, and then the Suns and Bucks joined in 1969. Uh, then Braves, Cavs, and Blazers in 71. So you have a bunch of different teams coming in these next few years. Uh, so NBA went to two conferences, four divisions. Uh, this put uh, the Pistons in the Western Conference, back in the Western Conference. They were in the Midwest Division with Milwaukee, Chicago, and, of course... Midwest zone, Phoenix, <laughs> because, you know, if what I think Midwest, I think Milwaukee, Chicago and then Phoenix, Arizona, of course, um, as far as what it affected, though, the Pistons, they weren't an elite team uh, really by any stretch, but they did win 45 games uh, in 1971. The Hawks. Uh, they were the Eastern Conference's fourth seed, and they only had 36 wins. So you look at that and you go, hey, 45 games and 71. That's a pretty good chance we'd be, you know, in the playoff mix, or at least in the, in, you know, contenders, uh, in the different conference. Uh, they were also four games better than the West number four seed, which was San Francisco at that time, the San Francisco Warriors. Um. Then the inverse happened in uh, 1976, actually, while they were still in the West for the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons, uh, at 36 wins, got the West number f- uh, five seed, uh, and that would have been the fourth worst record in the East that season. So it was kind of inverse. It was sort of back and forth. And, th- and that sort of speaks to the 70s NBA, where it was really hard to kind of <laughs> gauge what the, the hell was going to happen on any given year or whatever. Uh, but that year, which is pretty funny, 1976, the West number two seed, Milwaukee. Was thirty eight and forty four, so it's really interesting there. Where uh, Milwaukee, you know, uh, it's not a great team by any stretch, but uh, yeah, they were the second seed uh, as well. So yeah, that that's kind of just an interesting run there in in the West. But uh, didn't I don't know if it necessarily there was that you know obviously the one year where they, they weren't an elite team, they weren't a team that was going to contend for for a title, but a pretty solid team and probably could have made a few longer playoff runs had they been in the east but then there was also the inverse where they got in sometimes uh when, when you know the east was was no good and and, and stuff so it, it, it kind of worked out both ways so i don't know if it necessarily affected like the there was going to be a pistons championship that just didn't happen in the 70s but there's a chance that they would have had a little bit more uh playoff success had they been in the east but we did see a few years where where, where it didn't quite hold up that way
0: mm-hmm. yeah and um so at the point where conference play begins, they divide into the Atlantic division, the central division, the Midwest division, the Pacific division, uh, the Atlantic and the Pacific division always basically made geographic sense, but there are different times where the Midwest division and especially the central division, as we're going to uh, break through, there's just some like, okay, we don't have any room for these teams. So here's this random, you know, a sort of teams <laughs> right, that yeah. will uh, get, get, get stuck there. So, uh, it's kind of funny how that worked out, but in, um, And, in fact, when the Pistons finally moved to the Eastern Conference, and they moved in 79, uh, they moved to the Eastern Conference when the Braves became the San Diego Clippers and moved to the Western Conference. So they were in the Central Division, which also had the Spurs, the New Orleans Jazz, the Houston Rockets, the Hawks, and the Cavaliers. So, um, you know, they fit in pretty well with the Cavaliers. The rest of those teams, uh, not really that close to Detroit. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Right. So – Uh, Next is the – are are the Warriors, and uh, they, of course, began in Philadelphia. Uh, They were in the Eastern Division from 50 to 1962 and then moved to the Western Division in 1963. Um, Of course, initially, they were the San Francisco Warriors. The Royals actually moved into the Eastern Division in their place, which we'll get into because that that actually had some effect on division realignment. In fact, the Warriors probably would not have made the finals in 1964 if not for the move. Right, yeah. Yeah, and um, then they uh, they moved to Oakland in 1972, became the Golden State Warriors, but, of course, they stayed in the same conference. Uh, there was, in fact, apparently a plan for them to be a regional franchise splitting time with San Diego, but that never really came to fruition. They did play six games in San Diego that year, including two against the Houston Rockets, who had just moved away from San Diego. So uh, the atmosphere there would have been a little bit interesting, I suppose. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I – I can't imagine what the, or I, mean, I can imagine probably the reaction to the team that just moved away from your city probably was not, uh, would not be that favorable.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if, if there would be like fans that were like, no, that's my team. Or yeah, they'd be, they the yeah. absolute, like, I really love A's. You know, passed. yeah, I,
0: yeah, really. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know. that sure. I, I do miss the days, like, the 30 years of the NBA really wanted San Diego to happen. And then, like, <laughs> I, I, they really I, I and, like, they really tried. They really yeah. were like, all right, well, ABA how about too. the Braves? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, well, right. okay, all right, for the Clippers. Like, yeah, it's like, right. Yeah. All right, well, well, how about Bill Walton? Like, it, it just yeah. tried forever. It did it to yeah. work. And, and yeah. I, I miss that days. I miss it a little bit. Like, I wish the, the Sacramento Kings every year would be, you know, rumored to go to San Diego. There, there was a time where I think they were, or for, for, like, in the early 2000s, I remember that being popped up a few times here and there. But yeah, you don't hear about San Diego anymore on the, uh, the cusp of NBA expansion, so.
0: Not really. Well, they lost their football team, so maybe they'll. Maybe there's room for basketball again. That's true, yeah. But,
1: they could play yeah. in the old stadium, so it would be a yeah, little cold. Like, no, it wouldn't yeah. be, be that cold. It will be all right. Right, San Diego's nice, chilly. so
0: yeah, you could, you could probably make that work.
1: Yeah, you'll have to wear a jacket or whatever, but you know, like yeah. a little hoodie, but
0: that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, um, so next we have the Hawks who were in the Western Division until 1970. They moved around a lot. They were the Tri-Cities Blackhawks uh, through 51 and then the Milwaukee Hawks through 55 and then the St. Louis Hawks most famously through 68. Um and in fact, you know, their their first time they made the finals, and they made four finals in like five years, was basically uh, because of their conference. They won only thirty four games in 1957 and would not have made the playoffs in the East. So they were lucky to uh, make it in the West, and of course, reach the finals and take the Celtics to seven games that yeah. year. Um, and then once they moved to Atlanta, um, uh, they. W- for whatever reason, um, they stayed in the West for two seasons, even though, of course, they were in Atlanta. Um, and the East had Milwaukee those two years, so it would have actually made made a lot of sense for those to uh, swap out. Um, but my guess is that they probably wanted to you – know, Phoenix and Milwaukee were both expansion teams. They wanted an expansion team in each division for – for balance, I can't really think of any other logical reason. Yeah, for that to and
1: that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously you're gonna you're always gonna beat up. Well, I mean, <laughs> in this case, yeah, for it only lasts about a year, so that you could beat up yeah. on on Milwaukee. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the idea, Bucks
0: are obviously a rare case where obviously a <laughs> dream right, yeah. that changes their entire fortunes. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but uh, yeah, n-
1: normally yeah. with an expansion team, you get that few years where you just beat up on them for for, for a while. So yeah, it makes sense that you wouldn't want two because then that would really fatten up that one uh, conference with two expansion teams. So that, that makes all sense in the world that you would have uh, split those expansion teams by by league. So so I, that, that does make all the sense. So I, I'd assume that it is without it ever. I don't know if we could explicitly find that being the reason, but that seems to stand the test of time. That that would be, yeah. Uh, the yeah. It
0: was definitely the reason in other expansion situations that was right. what, that was you know spoken. So I I'm assuming that was probably the reason for this one, especially mm-hmm. with a fewer number of teams. You know, at that point that that would have made a bit, you know a 30 team league. That's not going to make as big of a difference in a you know a 16 18 team league that that is going to make a bigger difference. But, oh, absolutely, yeah. So. Um, Yes, and the Hawks actually made the Western Division Finals both those seasons with 48 wins. They uh, lost to the Lakers four games to one and, and four games to zero in the, those seasons. Um, their playoff teams were playoff chances were probably not much better in the East. The, the Bullets, Sixers Knicks and Celtics were all you know pretty good during that time and had similar records or better records. However, if they had played in the East, there is a chance they could have knocked the Celtics out of the playoffs in 69. Both of them actually had identical records. So the Celtics would not have you know, won the championship, of course, in 69 if they had not made the playoffs in Bill Russell's last year. So that's a really interesting thing to think about. Um and um, they actually did finish first in the West, but they would have been fourth in the East with an identical record. Of course, you know we're not taking into account that, that the schedules would have changed if they had been in yeah, a different yeah. conference. But but yeah, but basically, you know the, the ideas they would be, have been similar quality either way. So uh, so so not necessarily changing the championship or the finals there, but an interesting um, thought nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and then they uh, they go to Eastern Conference uh, 1971 uh, till the present, and uh, it's actually pretty interesting. The first year in the East, uh, very beneficial is they were the conference's fourth seed, uh, despite a 36 and 46 record, and that would have been the West's second worst record. So they go from the fourth seed uh, in the Eastern Conference to what would have you know what would have been the second worst team in the entire other conference. So uh, pretty interesting there. But then it's been pretty stable since then. Uh, they've just kind of you know been the Hawks in you know <laughs> Hawks history, which I'm sure Jason will tell you all about here. So
0: yeah, it's it's not always been good so or some of it's been good never really been great unfortunately, right and i don't box, think the yeah.
1: conference is to blame for uh many of the the, the issues over, for yeah, years. for so. the most
0: part yeah yeah not really gonna throw the conference in there but um yes um so next we have the royals and kings franchise uh they began in the nba in the central division when they were in uh, rochester and um then when the central division went away they went to the western division which is uh, <laughs> weird but um Philly, New York, Boston, and Syracuse were all east of Rochester, so actually it, it was logical geographically. Although they were, you know, kind of on an island, you know, there was Minneapolis, there was St. Louis, well, M- Milwaukee, and St. Louis, so they were pretty far away from the other uh, Western uh, Conference at, or Western Division teams during that time. But uh, whatever, it did technically uh, fit. So they were there through '57, then they moved to Cincinnati and stayed in the Western Division through '62. Um, and this geographically makes more sense. The East was Boston, Syracuse, Philadelphia and New York. The West was Cincinnati, Detroit, um, St. Louis and Minneapolis, Los which, Angeles, which so. isn't
1: bad. Yeah, that's a pretty I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it seems weird to call that the West. But, you know, in 1962, yeah. <laughs> you know, professional sports, that's right. You know, yeah. Cincinnati
0: is pretty far West. Right. Like, yeah. St. Yeah. Louis is very West like that. It's just it's, it's weird in that sense. Uh, that's obviously when plane travel is really beginning to take off, uh, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> sorry, recording this in the morning, it's unusual for us. So I, I, I guess, uh, well, off the puns come out. Yeah, the puns come yeah, out. I, I guess, know? yeah. A little, little I, coffee
1: gets the puns going.
0: So. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so they moved to the uh, Eastern Division in 63 um, and remained there through uh, 72 when the Warriors moved to San Francisco earlier. And, yeah, that that really might have changed things for them in terms of uh, being able to make a, a finals appearance. Uh, they, they really had a shot in 64 and 65 to uh, do that. Yeah. So uh, 1964, if they had stayed
1: in the West, uh, they had a 55 and 25 record with a uh, 4.43 SRS. Uh, and the Warriors were 48 and 32 with a 4.41 SRS. Uh, so they had a 5 and 4 record versus the Warriors that season as well. So a pretty decent chance that, that, it's you know, that Cincinnati could make a run there. Uh, also in 1965, they had a better SRS than the, uh, the finalists who were the, the Lakers. Um, they were 2.04 to the Lakers, uh, 1.70. They also had a 6 and 4 record against the Lakers that year as well. Uh, we'll get to that more in a minute, uh, because it, it does relate to the next team story a little bit more. But yeah, that's pretty interesting there. If Cincinnati had, had made a little bit more of a run, um, in those two years, you do wonder, you know, the the franchise's trajectory. And, and that that comes up a lot. I mean, when, when we, you know, obviously there's a lot of realignment, a lot of moving, a lot of, you know, moving parts. And we talk about a lot of these teams and, and we talk about maybe, you know, had they made a finals, is it possible that, you know, Cincinnati, you know, they remain in Cincinnati because you can't move a team that had just won a finals or made a fight. So it, yeah. it's always interesting to look at it from that sense where, you know, we, we sort of take for granted how big of a deal. A championship could have been for, for a lot of these franchises and could have really changed, you know, their fortunes in one way or another. That's not saying for sure that if you win a title, you're never going to move, but you know, it's always this weird story that like, Hey, if these guys, if they make back to back finals or whatever, it might be harder to move the team from Cincinnati and maybe the entire idea of, you know, that there's currently a team in Cincinnati because that. So it's just a weird exercise to kind of look at it that way, but that is important though. I mean, that success and team success and, and, and becoming an institution in your town is, is a huge deal. And, and it becomes much harder to sort of move these teams and just kind of realign these things if that team becomes you know a part of that city's you know uh character in some sense so n- i'm not saying that Cincinnati would have completely changed but you know you look at two years there where that, that could have been a pretty big deal
0: yeah and it changes the way yeah even if it doesn't have any effect on them eventually moving it does change the way we feel about you know oscar robertson right you know, jerry, oh yeah, yeah jerry lucas jack climate those guys i mean that, that was a really good team that's kind of forgotten you know with the celtics being so dominant during that time um and them not you know if they had made a finals, we think maybe more about the Royals, even if they don't win, we think more about the Royals-Celtics rivalry in the same way we kind of think about, you know, right. the uh, Wilton-Russell w- 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 and the Lakers versus Russell. You know, it, it starts to kind of elevate itself to be more on those terms rather than just kind of being like a secondary rivalry that, that they had during that time. Yeah, and the Oscar thing is a good good mention as well because, yeah, he y- you know, obviously he gets his title later on in his
1: career, but it's it's in the twilight of his career. He's obviously slowing down a little bit, and he still gets a lot of credit for it, but this is like prime Roberts And so that would have been a really cool, Deal too for him to be you know in the mix there because yeah we don't I don't I don't know that most people think of him as like people respect you know the triple double and, and what he was able to do on the court but I don't know if people respect him to the same level as a winner you know what I mean like of the 60s because you had such you know juggernauts there and he's kind of a guy that sort of gets lost of time in that sense where where we don't think of him as like a perennial winner or a contender or you know a, a, the guy that's going to lead a team to a championship or whatever guy you know we think of him as the guy who you know came and and got the bucks over that hump but not necessarily the guy on, on a team or whatever yeah. so. Have been pretty right. interesting too if he um, had made a few different finals appearances there with Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. So uh, they. Once they moved to uh, Kansas City and Omaha, uh, they shared those cities for a few seasons. Um, they go to the Western Conference. They moved to the Midwest Division, replacing the Suns, who went to the Pacific, so the Suns get to get out of the Midwest Div- Division. Yay for them. Uh, the Rockets at that point moved to the Eastern Conference because they just moved to um, from San Diego to Houston. Uh, they The Kings stayed in KC uh, Omaha through 75, and then just in Kansas City through 85, and then of course... Um, uh, the, uh, then moved to Sacramento at that point, And then they moved to the, um, Pacific division, I think in 89, once the late eighties, uh, expansion begins, began. So, uh, they were in the Midwest division for a while in Sacramento, which, which was a little off, but, but I, I don't think was, uh, given the teams that were there, I don't think was like completely ridiculous, but we, we can, uh, uh we'll, we'll, look at that in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the next franchise, as we said, connected to this a little bit, is the uh, the the Bulls Wizards franchise, of course, began their life as the uh, Chicago Packers and uh, Zephyrs. Uh, I'm sure you hear a lot about a lot of good Chicago oh, yes, Packers yes, stories. Yes. You, know, you can't, being you can't walk Chicago down the era, streets yeah. of
1: Chicago without people mentioning the old Zephyrs. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's, well,
0: uh, <laughs> a lot of Walt Bellamy tales, you know, a lot of uh, Terry Dishinger. I wish. Talk, that'd be great. Yeah, I wish right. more people
1: would talk about that. That'd be awesome. But, no, you never right. hear a thing about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, right. No. Which is weird that the Bulls, I, I know that they
0: shouldn't because it's it's not
1: necessarily their franchise, but it, it'd be interesting to see if the Bulls sort of embrace that a little bit more because you hear nothing about that. You hear nothing about it. It's basically, the Bulls came and, and that was it. That's when basketball was born in Chicago. And it's like, well, no, right. <laughs> like they yeah, the teams like many teams before that, especially this team, which is a pretty, you know, relatively famous team that, that had a pretty good lineage. But, yeah, you hear absolutely nothing about it. And, and of course, the Bullets aren't going to I mean, they'll, they'll mention Ball Bellamy and stuff. But the Chicago end of that franchise is just never even spoken of. So it's, it's really interesting because, yeah, it's it's. Especially, you you heard nothing about these teams. In Chicago, it's just like, the Bulls came in 67, and that was it, or whatever. whatever, And then you heard nothing about these early 60s teams. So it's it's interesting in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, so they uh, not successful in Chicago, as we mentioned. They moved to the uh, Western Division uh, and uh, – or I'm sorry, well, they moved to Baltimore, but they remained in the Western Division mm. from uh, 64 to uh, 66. Uh, so despite very much being on the East Coast, they uh, stayed <laughs> out West and they, they could have very easily um, – I mean, there were nine teams in the league during that point. There were five in one division and four in the other division. They could have – it seems like it would have made a lot of sense for them just to move to the West or to swap out with the Royals, but – uh it is somewhat of a mystery why they uh did that um or why the royals didn't just you know, move out west um because East had the sixers the Celtics, the Knicks, and the Royals at uh, that point and uh I yeah I thought you know at, at the point maybe the Royals ownership might prefer to stay in the East to save on travel since you played teams in your division twelve times and teams in the other division about eight or nine times at that point so I actually messaged Jerry Schultz who wrote a um, Cincinnati Royals history book and he said that the the Royals ownership did not actually oppose a return to the East but the other East Royal owners wanted to keep the Royals in the East maybe p- partly you know Oscar Robertson might have been somewhat of a draw at that point or he also said that the league valued stability at that time, which is funny given the instability that expansion verse brought very soon after and teams shuffling, you know, crazily just a few years later. But at that point, I guess they cared. And yeah, you – like I said, you, you could have flipped them uh, without too much trouble. You you had four teams in the East, five in the West. You could have had five in the East, four in the West. You obviously – that may have created some headaches that we can't really think about in terms of scheduling. That maybe that, that wasn't that practical. But, um, but probably the, the most logical reason it actually happened is um, – the relocation from Chicago to Baltimore happened really quickly, and apparently neither the old or the new owners of the team sought permission from the <laughs> Board of Governors for the move, and they actually ended up being fined $25,000, although that was later reduced to $5,000. So maybe they were just mad at them for moving, and they just punished them by keeping them in the West for a while until um, finally the, the Bulls came as an expansion team, and they could go to East to balance the uh, 10-team league, which is eventually what happened in 67 when they moved to the Eastern Division and, uh, and have been there since. Yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of interesting things there. I, li- I like the idea that, that
1: Oscar was a draw, and maybe those other Eastern Conference teams maybe you know didn't necessarily want to get away from it. So that makes sense in one sense, but I think yeah, the most obvious thing is probably that they just you know in the middle of the night moved, and <laughs> the rest of the teams are like ah no, we're not gonna like accommodate you guys whenever you want. So I can see it being that or a little bit of, of both factors possibly. But uh, yeah, it all st- it all stabilizes here in a little bit uh, um, with them going to the East in sixty seven. But uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> really interesting there the the overnight move without telling anybody is <laughs> pretty good. So, yes. Could you just imagine like the Sacramento kids like, yeah, we're
0: going to go to Seattle. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> like, right. Just yeah. like, just, like yeah. get up and go. See you guys. Like, yeah. Like, Sorry. Right. Bye. Like, what? Yeah. You just built a stadium. Well, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, the Clippers basically did that when they went to L.A. from San Diego. Well, it's I guess true. they had talked about it forever. They just actually like, you know, when they finally did it, they just they did it like Basically, without permission, and they were like, Yeah, uh, you know, sue us, and they did, but eventually, the uh, Donald Sterling won. So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> are you saying Donald uh, Sterling might not be a great businessman? Hold on, it's possibly, it's possible <laughs> he's untrustworthy, or I mean, in maybe, some way, you know, maybe, slightly, you know, the, it's a lot of history, a lot of, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of shade being thrown at Donald Sterling right here. I don't know, it's, it, history will have to judge, I guess, but um. Anyway, uh, next to, uh, next we have the Chicago Bulls who began life in the Western division conference from, uh, 67 to uh, 1980, uh, and then, uh, and then joined the Eastern conference in uh, 1981 when that was when the Mavericks were added to the NBA. We t- kind of talked about it before. That was the major realignment that more or less has remained stable. Um, mm-hmm. since the, the Bulls and E and Bucks went to the East at that point and the Spurs and Rockets went to the uh, West, which you kind of, uh, finally cementing the East and West that we, uh, that we've come to know today. Yeah. And, and geographically makes a lot of sense. We'll talk again a little bit here about
1: divisions and whatnot, but yeah, geographically finally it seems to make a little bit more sense and, and it helps when to get Dallas in there and that they can obviously move West and, and the Spurs make a lot of sense in the West as well. So it, it, it makes sense to us now because we've seen it for so long, but I think, you know, largely it, it does make the most sense. Of any sort of alignment that we've seen in, in in a long time, or a lot of alignment that we saw throughout the sixties and the seventies, this eighty one move that we've sort of stabilized with since it does does I think make the most logical sense that we've you know at least for 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 quite a few years that we've seen before you know because um, the sixties and seventies yeah. is just an absolute mess of yeah, like teams it, it, moving and right. like yeah we're we're now it it, it seems like they finally kind of hit on something they can kind of stick with for for a while and, and obviously they
0: have. Mm-hmm. So next we have the uh, Rockets. And uh, they began life, as we mentioned, in San Diego in the uh, Western Division from 68 to 71. Then they moved to Houston and remained in the Western Conference for one season, the 72 season. They, uh, a, again, have a, a team that moved uh, very promptly. There, there was relatively little uh, advance notice for the move. but fact, that, that was uh, the summer after they had hosted the All-Star Game. So uh, <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was no real home arena for them in Houston. So they had to play – I mean they played most of the games in Houston uh, – um, but they had to play in various Texas venues and a lot of the reason for the movie is because they had Elvin Hayes and Elvin Hayes had uh, of course you know, played in college in uh, Houston and been one of the big college stars of all time so they thought they would be able to draw there and uh, yeah that was kind of a mixed uh, bag and they ended up trading Elvin Hayes not that long afterward to uh, Washington but they of course have made you know they, they, they have found life in Houston and had some, some great success there in the uh, intervening years but yeah after one season they moved to the Eastern Conference in 73 um, they as mentioned before, they swap conferences with the Kings, who had just moved to Kansas City. The, the Suns going to the Pacific Division. Very, very important, of course. Um, so, in the East, uh, it, yeah, it was a little weird because they were in the Eastern Conference despite being west of Milwaukee, Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City. And they were stuck in sort of a weird misfit division the Central Division with uh, Baltimore, Atlanta, and uh, Cleveland. Which n- <laughs> That's bad None of those teams there, are really bro. that Ohio. close to each yeah, other. Yeah. So, That's some um, shitty anyway, travel. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: sucks for Baltimore. Yeah.
0: Right. Baltimore eventually went to Washington, which was not that, you know, not, not that geographically <laughs> right, right, different, yeah. maybe a better airport. I don't know. But um, <laughs> and, yeah, there's it, it not really a great solution to that point. If, if you had swapped Houston and Detroit, you would have at least put all the teams in the same time zones. But you yeah, you um, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where um, yeah, there wasn't really a, you, they were stuck on this divisional concept, which, you know, I, I don't know how really important the divisions were in the 70s as compared to today. I mean, as we did talk about, like for a while, um, you know you they took two teams from each division so it was really important to you know which division you were in if you were even if you had a worse record than somebody in the division as long as you were second in your division you'd make the playoffs so that was a big deal but they kind of lessened that as the 70s went along and divisions I I, you know seem to become less and less important and obviously they are basically not important at all today they're they're really there isn't and there isn't really any difference in schedule when it comes to divisions either because you play you know basically every team in the other conference twice and you play almost every team in your conference four times I think I mean, there's a, a couple teams you play just three times but it doesn't really it, it, it the Difference that it makes is extremely, extremely minor at this point. And it, it, a little bit at that point because at that point you played teams in your division seven or eight times. You played teams in the other division in your conference six times and teams in the other conference four times. So there, there was some you know difference in terms yeah, of travel yeah, yeah. And, and such then as opposed to what it is now.
1: Yeah, and now it's been even negated even more with the seating differences now. And like you're saying, it, it essentially they don't exist. I mean, they exist very, very times. Tass- like they're, they're there to for, for a little bit of, you know, quote-unquote rivalry or what? you know like you play a few games more but yeah for the most part with the seating and, and the way it's been and and the way the schedule plays out i mean they've never met less than they do right now uh the divisions, so
0: yeah so yeah they moved to the western conference in 81 as part of that big uh realignment and some interesting uh, uh some interesting things going on uh there with uh, uh their last season in the east and their first season in the uh, west
1: uh yes yeah, so uh last last year in the east so um 1980, there they uh, they are 41 and 41, so obviously not a great record, but that gets them all the way to the conference semifinals in the East, which is pretty cool. Uh, the first year in the West, then so 1981, they're 40 and 42, uh, but it works out for the, uh, the Houston because they make a miracle run of the NBA finals of the sixth seed, and they definitely benefited uh, from not having to face uh, the Celtics, who had won 62 games that year, uh, the 76ers, who had won 62, the Bucks, who had won 60 uh, in the East, so that's pretty good. And, and, and as their opponent, KC, also um, benefited a lot. Uh, from that as well. But yeah, no, it's, it's pretty interesting there. You know, 40 and 42 make it all the way to the NBA Finals. But again, it took a miracle run as a six seed to do it. But, you know, obviously getting to the NBA Finals without having to face the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Bucks, who were, who were juggernauts in the East, was definitely a big benefit for Houston. But it's, uh, it's interesting there, those, those two runs there. I mean, 41 and 41 and 40 and 42, and they make, you know, semifinals and, and the NBA Finals, uh, in a few years there. So, uh, but it speaks a little bit to, you know, a little bit of the instability of, of that era as well, where, where there was still that opportunity to sort of make those those miracle runs where, where now it becomes much much more difficult uh to do that but hey pretty uh, pretty good credit for those uh, those teams there
0: yeah yeah we, we talked about you know some of those playoff upsets of all time and how there was a real big concentration of that between the you know early 70s to the early 80s where yeah. there was just a, a whole mess of those and you said Moses Malone. And Moses Malone was uh, hard to stop in the playoffs. So <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that was helpful. Yeah, it's just it's just hard yeah.
1: to fathom like a forty, like a team two games below five hundred making the NBA Finals. Like it's it just you know it blows it because we're we're so used to now it's like it's so obvious when the when and and, and for some people it's a detriment. Like oh you know who's going to make the finals before the playoffs even start. And like yeah of course you know that's sort of the, the the narrative that goes around. And yeah, there's a little times here and there where where a team will kind of pop up here and there. But for the most part it, it, it's. The teams that make the NBA Finals are teams that you pretty much assume. There's a team of, you know, four or five teams or maybe even less than that, you know, three or four that every single playoffs start. You go, OK, those teams are probably going to make the NBA Finals where, you know, this it would just be unfathomable for a team two games below 500 uh, to make a run. But, hey, go that, that's pretty cool. I, I I kind of like I like the idea that we know going in a little bit like, hey, when it's all said, none of the NBA Finals, you're the two best teams are going to face each other to, you know, presumably the two best teams. But I kind of like the idea that, like, occasionally these random teams come and make these miracle runs or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Moses is, is tough to stop so it's pretty cool yeah
0: so I think the team that may have been most affected by uh, realignment is the uh, is the Bucks, and uh, they started in the Eastern Division in their first two seasons, 69 and 70, and their first year with uh, Kareem in the 70, they had a 4.25 SRS, 56 wins, which both would have topped the Western uh, Division had they been there. Uh, the Lakers only had a 1.76 SRS, so they definitely would have been uh, favorites for making the finals if they'd switched uh, divisions with the Hawks, as we mentioned uh, before, um, geographically would have made sense. But given the expansion situation, you know, we understand why they did it the way they did. Um, still, of course, they, they would probably would have lost to the Knicks in the finals since they lost to them in the Eastern Conference semifinals at the time. So, um, you know, it, that puts another finals on their resume, but obviously doesn't necessarily make the uh, a huge difference. And then uh, things get even uh, things get even a little bit wackier once they actually move to the Western Conference in 71. Uh, Yes, yeah, so you you had the Braves, the Cavs and the Blazers we mentioned a
1: little bit earlier uh and and you know so they get out of the NBA you start the conferences there uh Western Conference then uh or the Bucks move to the Western Conference and obviously they win the finals that first year in the West but uh you really can make an argument that they would have been more uh, a more confident fixture uh, in the NBA finals, if they had stayed in the East, you know, it made geographic sense that they were in the West at that time. But, yeah, you really look at, at the history and what we'll, we'll go over here in a sec, where if they had stayed, at, you know, in the East, man, it looks like they have a little bit more in them. Where instead we get, you know, that one year and then some struggles that comes in Milwaukee. But I'm uh, just kind of looking at it. um year by year. Obviously, win the title the first year. Good. That works. Uh, 1972, they lose uh, in the Western Commons Finals to the Lakers. Uh, the Bucs have finished with 63 wins and a 10.7 uh, <laughs> SRS that year. Uh, Boston was great in the East. They had 56 wins, but uh, only a 4.38 SRS. Uh, the best team in the East, uh, the second best team in the East, rather, you obviously, had Boston was number one. Second best team was the Knicks with 48 wins. So we're talking again. You know, the Bucks have 63 wins uh, in the West, really a dominant team. And, and the third best team in uh, the East was the third seeded Baltimore with only 38 wins. Wins so you look at that and you look yeah man I mean the the absolute powerhouse of Bucks good chance they make the finals that year as well um if they had been in the east uh 73 they have uh, better srs uh 7.84 uh then the 68 win celtics who were at 7.35 but they were upset in the playoffs the bucks in, in 73 uh, and then they do make the finals again in 1974 but you look at those two years there's particularly 72 and 73 those look like teams that that had they had made you know two more runs in the finals or you know even if they don't win the titles presumable chance that they can make the nba finals again and again that's really you know that adds another you know Wrinkle to Creams resume, it adds another wrinkle to the Milwaukee resume, and really makes that one of the teams in the 70s, you know, an early dominant team of the 70s, where instead they make two NBA finals, they win one or whatever. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't quite have the same cachet as, you know, those four straight NBA finals. And, and again, we're assuming a lot of things here, but but it does look, you know, on paper like they had really good chances ahead, they had stayed in the East of making longer runs in the finals. But again, you have no idea what's going to happen once the finals come and go, or, or, you know, once the playoffs come. But yeah, you still look at those two years and that would have really changed the trajectory of the entire franchise and changed the entire trajectory of really the early seventies and maybe the trajectory of Kareem's career. Maybe he just stays in Milwaukee or whatever, you know, a lot of ifs and, and whatnot. But yeah, it pretty interesting to look at those two years and see what, what, what could have been.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean you just have two of the same all-time teams uh at the same time in the Lakers and the Bucks. Yeah, and if if one of them had been at the conference obviously that would have uh, uh that that would have made things a little bit uh, I don't know if it's more interesting but they definitely would, they may might have changed things. Might have been beneficial to the Yeah, Bucks, absolutely. Certainly. And and, but, yeah. and the Celtics
1: yeah. get their little early run then in the early 70s so we talk about which which obviously right. they were great teams, but you do wonder if, you know, with the two the Lakers and and, and, the, and the Bucks were really your powerhouse teams and you wonder if they had been sort of separated that would have been the rivalry and said, you know, the the Celtics get in there a little bit, and, and, and yeah, it's kind of fun to, to think about yeah. head, you know, the yeah. Buck Stadies, but.
0: All right, I mean, it really benefited the uh, the Knicks. I think the Knicks really sure. were a team that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that probably was helped by that. If if the Buck if they had been battling the Bucks in the playoffs, I mean, obviously they beat them in seventy. But once you know Oscar comes, and once you know the Bucks are really a powerhouse, you know the Bucks Knicks battles would have been interesting. I think the Bucks would have been the, the favorites in most of those uh, situations as well. So yeah, the the Celtics came along and and were strong, and they actually of course beat the Bucks in seventy four. So, um, but yeah, that that does shift uh, things a uh, a bit for sure. And definitely could have had them in the um, Eastern Conference. That would have made uh, a sense if you put the rockets out west and kept them in the east, but but either way, because um, <laughs> then it worked the other the, way, because then they got yeah, to the east, the, and then it sucked yeah, too. then <laughs> and they get moved to the eastern conference finally <laughs> in the eighty one season, and uh, yeah, they and that, this did make sense geographically, but yeah, they basically get stuck behind Boston in Philadelphia every year. They, they they win fifty plus games seven straight seasons in a row, but you know each year they lose to Boston or uh, Philly. You know uh, the the first year in eighty one they actually won sixty games, but the uh, the Celtics and the uh, Sixers both 162 games so um <laughs> uh, yeah so that's, that's really uh, quite quite an intense uh, year but um but they were you know that their division you know they were in the central division they had the bulls the pacers the hawks the Cavs, and the pistons uh, the, the, the hawks are a little bit out of their realm there but every other team is right you know they're right by the lake there pretty much so that's uh it's a that that all all that all made total, total sense
1: no and and that's yeah that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a hard luck thing because it, it it's something where you can sort of say ah yeah that, that they should be in the east but it's like man if they would have been in the
0: west <laughs> like
1: that would have been really awesome like i would have yeah. definitely enjoyed some bucks you know celtics you know nba finals or whatever and and it would have i mean obviously you had The Lakers out there. But um, so that that there's still a juggernaut out there uh, in in the Western Conference. But again, like they are then in the upper echelon where they they had real trouble getting to that upper, upper echelon in the east with with Boston, Philly just being a complete powerhouse. And you do wonder if it had been Lakers, Bucks, you know, that would have been really cool. You know, Boston, Philly in in the east and the Lakers, Milwaukee in the west. But, you know, it it made total sense geographically. So it's hard to really get upset about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Lakers, you definitely had the weaker conference in the um in the '80s, and were able to yeah, were able to ride through. I and mean, there were some tough teams, but sure. the East definitely had the had the tougher teams, and that's um you know part the reason why the Lakers were able to make so many finals in the uh, in the West because there were not they didn't have the same powerhouse in the West that the you know the the Sixers and Celtics were uh, dealing with every year. Uh, so uh, I want to do a little uh, a, a slight interlude about the 77 uh, merger because that, that's going to kind of inform the conversation that we have for the uh, for the next few teams but um so the merger of course happens before the 77 season the uh the Spurs and the Nets go to the Eastern Conference uh the Pacers and the nuggets go to the Western conference and uh, as we talked about before the the Atlantic and Pacific divisions basically make make sense in the Atlantic you have uh, Philly New York Boston Boston. Boston, Buffalo, and the New Jersey Nets. Pacific. You have uh, Portland, Phoenix, Seattle, the Lakers, and Golden State. Um, the Midwest Conference in the Western Division is, is pretty okay. You have uh, Detroit, Chicago, Kansas City, Indianapolis, and Milwaukee. Then you, you got Denver. That it's a little bit weird that they're in the Midwest. I, I would think they would geographically be closer to the Pacific, but it, it, it's kind of basically tossed up. It, it, it's pretty close either way, and Denver doesn't have like a perfect fit. So so that I think that one basically makes sense. And then it's the, the Central is the one that's a little bit wacky. You've got <laughs> Houston, San Antonio, New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Washington. And that that one is just, uh, (laughs) you know...
1: Yeah, Washington San Antonio yeah.
0: yeah I mean you got basically you got three southern teams and then right. three you know yeah um Atlanta I guess is actually closer to Cleveland and Washington than it is New Orleans uh, Cleveland uh, Atlanta's kind of an island there but um anyway what can you do but um and then 78 they uh it basically makes the same remains the same they uh come and then in uh and, and then it's the next season where things uh, change with the uh, Clippers being added to the uh, league um they were the Buffalo Braves from 71 to 78 in the Eastern Conference and then moved to the Western Conference in 79, becoming the Clippers. They actually traded leagues with the Pistons who went to the uh, uh, Pacific Division um or the Clippers, rather, went to the Pacific Division. Uh, the Bullets went to the Atlantic, and the Pistons went to the uh, Central, which basically uh, helped everyone else out and made uh, sense of things just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, the, the Bullets, really, I mean, when we talk about that the realignment, I mean, that, that really <laughs> helps things a lot, them going to the Atlantic. It just makes so much more sense versus them being in the Central. And, and again, like... I- you can sort of make a case for them in a, in a central, but geographically it just made no sense with Houston, San Antonio, New Orleans there as well. So yeah, that, that, that really was a benefit moving the pistons to the central. That seems to kind of fit for them. And the bolts going Atlantic that, that seems to all kind of come together. So it's, it's nice to see it in some way, the, the OCD in, in, in all of us is kind of like, okay, that that's good. That's that's yeah. better. That's better. So, better. That's, yeah. But yeah. uh yeah,
0: things would uh, not always be the most stable. I think a few more years before it got completely stable, but that's all right. right. Yeah. So the next season, the, um, the 80 season or before the 80 season there's a, there's another uh, switch the the jazz were in in new orleans and they were in the eastern conference from 75 to 80 they moved to utah and they swapped places with the uh, pacers so um, so now the pacers are in the eastern conference and the jazz are in the western conference which you know is is which makes sense or you know, certainly um, sure. is getting closer to what we are used to and uh and typically although neither team was good enough for a while where that necessarily made much of a uh, competitive difference
1: no and, and yeah by like year three utah was in the playoffs and then they'd, they'd make 20 straight appearances in the playoffs you know two straight nba finals appearances but yeah it wasn't like that necessarily right away was, was a huge deal and i think it did help them you know continue the run but it's not like you know i think i feel like even if they were in the east the the utah jazz as we know it would have would have probably made that i don't know if they're going to contend for for you know a, a title at any point during the 80s or whatever but they probably make the playoffs in the, in the east as well they were a good enough team to, to make it either way but yeah of course being in the western conference helped sort of helped them a little bit to make those 20 straight appearances uh in the uh the playoffs and as far as the pacers uh they would make the playoffs their first year in the east but then they would have to wait another six to return to the playoffs uh, and then it wasn't until 10 years uh into the east that they became kind of a regular playoff team so it really i don't think it would have mattered for them one way or another they were just kind of not a great team for, for quite a while uh but uh yeah it's, it was kind of interesting there but I, I i think one way or another the jazz probably do can you know start up their their their, their, their you know Miraculous playoff run, even if they're in the East. But yeah, it's it's uh it certainly helped to make the West because I mean there's a few years that we talk about where it sort of gets lost to time as well that they were a real contender in the West and, and had a chance to maybe you know upset the the Lakers or you know maybe make a run to the finals. But again, the Lakers were such a great team at that point that it was almost like nah, this is this is good. you know they're going to represent the West for for quite a few years. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think of what Utah could have done
0: maybe in the East, but being yeah, geographically, it makes all the sense in the world for them to, to, to be in the right. West. So yeah, um. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the the late seventies, after the merger from '77, I think through the '80 season, or um, there was basically um, it was a almost a completely balanced schedule. Every team played each other uh, for times i believe so uh, it didn't matter which uh you know conference or division or anything that you were in you were playing each team uh you know that number of uh that number of times so um so yeah i, I guess none of this alignment really even mattered uh, that much uh, during that time because you were it, it almost made no difference in terms of schedule i think you play there were a couple teams you played three times but everybody else you played four times and it was kind of it was almost at random at that point so um uh, so yeah i guess uh, i i guess in terms of this it didn't really significantly matter and it wasn't until 81 that they went Back to, you know, you play the teams in the other conference twice and then you play teams in your division and or conference, you know, a certain number of times. So funny how that worked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the uh, the Pacers, it, we talked about them with the Jazz, but yeah, they were in the Western Conference from 77 through 79, and then the Eastern Conference from uh, 1980 through the uh, present. And then the uh, the Spurs were in a, a similar boat, I, I, I guess opposite boat. They were um, in the Eastern Conference from 77 through 80, and then moved to the Western Conference, as we mentioned earlier, um, uh, setting up the modern realignment. We'll, we'll recap that in just a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Spurs are interesting because they definitely could have made the finals if they'd been in the West in 78 and 79 they had a better SRS than the uh, Sonics of both seasons in fact they led the league in SRS mm-hmm. in 79 I uh, took the bullets two seven games in the Eastern Conference finals in 79 so they definitely had a shot at um you know would have might have changed the trajectory of their franchise a uh, post um you know ABA had they uh, been in the Western Conference during that time so making a finals or maybe even winning a, a a championship there also might have kind of shifted the thinking a little bit on the ABA post um uh, you know, post-merger because obviously the ABA guys were successful individually, but none of those teams were you know really particularly. I mean, they were good. I mean, Denver was a really good team. The uh, Spurs were a really good team, but you know they didn't make a make a finals, or you know they they were still ended up falling short of the NBA teams. Really, um, you know, during that time, obviously there were only four of them. So, and, and two of them were just not you know particularly competitive. So um, that might have uh, you know, that that that, that would have been interesting. Yeah, no, that, that what is happened. cool to but, think about yeah. if if they make right. an NBA
1: finals or even win a title it's like oh well shit this this was a pretty good league like these guys were pretty good so yeah whereas again like you you just hear well these george gervin you know you hear the individual names like you're saying the narratives are sort of well you, there was these really good players but you know when when they came to the nba it took a little while for them to form so no i like that idea it would have been really cool to see them you know and, and it really would have I, I you know obviously not alive at the time but it would have been fun to watch you know just see like well the, then it really felt like a, a true aba versus nba sort of nba finals which would have been really fun as well but you know alas it didn't happen so
0: yeah yeah so yeah so so they moved to the west in 81 as as part of that realignment and and just to recap because i before this i didn't i kind of thought it all happened in one season but it actually kind of happened over three seasons in 79 we had the braves Pistons swap Mm -hmm. in 80 we had the jazz pacers swap and then in 81 the mavericks come and that at that point as we mentioned the bulls and bucks go to the east and the spurs and rockets go to the west so there was kind of a a three-year process of finally getting the you know leagues to kind of take shape the way that it was at wasn't, didn't quite happen all at once, but it, you know, they, they kind of got there slowly as uh, you know teams uh, uh, changed cities, uh, that which of course uh, obviously um, accelerated that process. Uh, certainly, yeah, yeah. So now we get to more of the uh, we, we we get to more of the modern um, things, and these these are easier. So um, we'll we'll tackle them as a whole because they're all sort of a one different thing. So although oh, well, this, act- this one this uh, one sorry to not not to interrupt, but this
1: is one I did not sure. ever know about until we started doing yeah. research for this. Like I, I I don't know why I just never noticed it, but yeah, this has been a really interesting thing here. So I think uh, I think yeah, a lot I, of people I, will be surprised I, by this yeah, as well.
0: But- I didn't realize all the teams had had infected all of them. I, I just I knew a couple of them had started off in a different conference and but never really investigating why. But anyway, uh, the Miami Heat they actually began play their first year in the Western Conference in eighty nine and have been in the East since nineteen ninety. Um, the Hornets Bobcats Hornets uh, franchise, um, which is not at all confusing, uh, began. <laughs> By the life way, oh Jason, the,
1: you know how you know I, I I mentioned it to my wife one time and she agrees uh-huh. it's confusing. So there you go. So you know okay, how people are right. like it's not that bad. I I try to yeah. explain it to her and obviously not you know. <laughs> I, I wanted because it it's you know, she doesn't deal with this stuff all the time or whatever. So I was yeah. like, all right, tell me if this makes sense to you. She's like, no, it makes no
0: sense at all. I was like, thank you. All yeah. Right. Yeah. I was you're like, right. so whose history is this? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, thank yeah. you. All right. There you go. Who, who does Baron Davis belong to? That's exactly. Yeah. To Where but, does Baron yeah. go? I mentioned yeah. that. The whole <laughs> that's all right. So that's all I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where do I so, align Baron Davis? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, yes, the the Hornets, original Hornets began playing <laughs> the Eastern Conference in 89. And then. Moved to the Western Conference for a season, 1990, and then have been in the Eastern Conference uh, since 1991. We're not counting the 2003, 2004 <laughs> seasons when they uh, did not officially exist. And where did they um, go? Where's Stephen yeah, Wesley? I, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Where it's 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 uh, baffling. So, and the Magic, um, their first season 1990, they were in the East, and then 1991 they went to the Western Conference and have been in the Eastern Conference in uh, since 1992. So, why did each of those teams spend a year in the Western Conference? Well. The, uh, when they decided to, um, add four teams to the NBA, this would have been around 87, the, uh... They decided to adopt a rotating system be- because they wanted. They felt like it complicated division alignments. I-, I guess it was mostly again because they wanted to avoid having three expansion teams in one conference for competitive, maybe even financial reasons. So they spread the burden out, even though they didn't make much uh, geographic sense. And you know, this is from an AP story from uh, April of '87, which uh, Roomba on Twitter tipped us off on uh, from the um, in the LA Times archive, um, and and. I guess you know, part of the issue was because they initially wanted to. They, there were 23 teams in the NBA, so they wanted to add three expansion teams to have 26, but then Orlando and Miami, they couldn't really choose between them, so they decided, oh, why not both? So <laughs> right, they. Yeah, uh, we're doing so well as the a league, 20, so let's do both. Right. <laughs> And um, they kept the uh, they kept the Timberwolves uh, out west, uh, you know, because they they didn't get affected by this. I guess it was mo- it was more of an issue of the teams being you know leaning toward the east, so they needed to get you know teams out in the west. So um, yeah, it was weird. It didn't like I said all those teams were bad during those times, so it didn't necessarily have like huge effect on things. I guess I uh, I guess the, the league the size that it is, I feel like maybe it's. Um, you know, not as big of a deal but I guess you know the it was you were playing your conference you were playing each individual team more times than you do today in a 32 30 team league so I guess it matters a little bit more than it than it would today because again your your things are a little bit thinner than they are today so I I guess it didn't really necessarily hurt anybody I, I guess the players who are taking those you know really incredibly long um trips you know if you're in Miami and Orlando you're going out you know doing your most of your trips out west maybe that sounds so fun but other than that I guess not really a big deal in the scheme of things
1: uh yeah no it, yeah I I think the big part is that they weren't any good so it's not like it really affected anything in terms of right. of okay well this team got and 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 what was to their credit and, and probably played a little bit too as they balanced it a little bit where it's like you didn't have you know all the expansion you, you didn't have the West had three expansion teams or two you know there was a way where they sort of smartly I guess in, in a sense it's kind of confusing when when you sort of read it the way we did but smartly it makes sense hey these teams are not going to be any good they're going to be pretty terrible for a few years so we'll just kind of stick them in 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 the bottom of of this conference for a year and. Then and then when another team comes in, they'll go to that bottom and then we'll switch this. So it did make a lot of sense what they were doing, but yeah, it doesn't really affect any playoff runs or anything like that because the teams are just bad and, and they were going to be bad in either conference, So, you know, regardless of which, you know, who they were with or whatever. So it is interesting in that sense where, um, and we talked about it a lot a while ago where the bucks are kind of that rare case where within you know 2 years they're an ultra competitive you know title winning team or whatever whereas this sort of fits what we the modern expansion team idea where it's like you're going to be bad for for like 3 or 4 years until you you know you you're competitive a little bit but uh, yeah i mean it didn't take a ton of time for these teams to get super competitive uh but for these first few years there was you know really no chance that they were going to be in the mix for, for anything. So, so it made sense what they did and, and it didn't really affect play or, 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 competition or really affect any title runs or, or playoff runs that much, you know, in terms of what, what conference they were in or whatnot. So,
0: Right, yeah, and I I believe the Orlando and the West predated Shaq, so they – Right, exactly. Right, yeah, so um, that was really when they became competitive and eventually, yeah, Miami and Charlotte got pretty good in the next couple of years. took a little bit longer for the uh, Timberwolves, but – yeah, and also I learned from this that one of the original owners of the Timberwolves was uh, Marv Wolfenson. so – (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't know if that has a, if there's any link to uh, the fact that they call themselves Timberwolves, but kind of like uh, like Bob Johnson and the Bobcats, yeah. Which know? by but, the way, um, I never knew that until like a few years ago, and I was like, man, that, that's
1: pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I love too. There's this like out of context quote where he just says all the pro teams in Minnesota are called Minnesota. So I don't know, what, like, yeah. So it was like people were wondering why he didn't call it Minneapolis or I, I don't know. He just got very defensive about that, Mister Wolfenstein yeah. or Wolfenstein. It's, it's, I don't know. It's all right, buddy. Like, yeah. all right. It's
0: it's all right. We're just curious why I it's appreciate appreciate your state pride. Not yeah, Minneapolis, you know. but that's hey, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yes, and then finally we get to the uh the New Orleans version of the Hornets, and now of course Pelicans. Um. They technically joined the Eastern Conference in uh, 2003, uh, 2004, um, or I, I, I guess, you know, already existed within the Eastern Conference. And then they moved to uh, the Western Conference in 2005 once the uh, Bobcats uh, joined the league and took the Hornets history uh, with them, the Charlotte version of the history with them. Again, it's not confusing at all. Um And then, yeah, 2005, 2007, they they shared with OKC, but that didn't change them geographically. That just led – paved the way for the Thunder eventually to move from uh, Seattle, I guess. Um and uh, yeah, playoff wise, minor effect I guess on things, but not necessarily with the the, the, the uh, peak Chris Paul years. But but outside of that, has not they've not really been competitive enough to make a major uh, difference on whether if they've been in the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference. I guess uh, given the the lean years of the East in you know recent years, the, the East you know having some teams that you know not finishing 500 did not make the playoffs. I guess they could have been more competitive if they'd been stuck in the Eastern conference, but, um, you know, outside of that, not really much, um, of a, you know, not really necessarily much of a, of a change there. No, it, it it does kind of. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure it really changes a whole lot
1: there. Um, in terms of, you know, competitiveness, you know, you have Paul in the peak Paul years, uh, they made the you know, playoffs three times in the West and including Western semifinals. Um so they were competitive still in the West. I mean, obviously the West was was, was dominant for most of that time uh, as well in a really good league, whereas the East sort of lagged. So maybe you can make the argument that if they're in the East, they maybe make you know a conference finals run or whatever. But they they did really well in the West uh, for a few years there with, with, uh, with you know Pete Paul and and you know Tyson Chandler, at the, the peak of his powers, and you know some David West stuff as well. But they've really suffered in the West since then. So you do look at it now and you wonder that hey, if they were in the East during some of these Anthony Davis years. They could possibly make a few longer runs, but they've not really been that great of a team. And there's been chances for them to make the playoffs in the West. They made a, you know, an appearance, uh, one, one appearance in, in, you know, the Davis's run, uh, in 2014, 2015, where they had a very good team. But, but since then have just not been a great team. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily them being in the West or them just not being a very good team. So I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably would make the playoffs a few more times in the East, but I don't know that we're looking at a team that's, you know, knocking on the door of a conference finals had they be in the you know if they were in the east versus what they are in the west right now there's not a very good team and they just have not been a very good team for quite a few years as well so i i don't know it it you know yeah they probably do make a few more playoffs and maybe anthony davis the narrative run him is a little bit of like you know a guy who can you know get his team to the fifth seat or whatever but not much beyond that but I, I don't know that it's really like yeah again i don't know if they're knocking on the door of, of you know being the east's best team or even making conference finals or even making the conference semifinals uh anytime in the last you know Five ten years or whatever. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if it really changes their trajectory all that much.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, other than maybe that one year with Chris Paul, where they were really strong and they you know they took the Spurs in seven games and all that, that that might have been the one that would have made a difference. But outside of that, um, you know, not, not, not even though Anthony Davis has been really good, yeah, he hasn't had much of a team around him. Uh, maybe that's going to change a little bit this year. They they look all right this year, but uh, but yeah, so uh, not not a big change. So yeah, I, I mean, I I think the you know you, when you look at realignment history it's more of a it's more of an interesting rather than having like a major effect on competitive success. I I think, you know, the bucks and, you know, the stuff we talked about with the, um, the Royals in the sixties, those are, those are really the major, and and the Spurs a little bit in the late seventies. I think those are like, maybe like the three instances where you could have seen like a major shift in, you know, what happened in the NBA in terms of who was champion or who made the finals, you know, based on that. Um, other than that, yeah, that has, it's been more like, it's more interesting trivia than it is actually like a major effect on you know what could have happened in history yeah for sure but it's fun to show, nonetheless. I, I like. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we learned a lot of, you know, of stuff I didn't really realize or hadn't thought much about. Yeah. And, um, well, before. it's just kind of fun to, to, to look at in general, just like the, you know, we know that that time. And it's one of our favorite periods to talk
1: about is that, like, you know, the 60s and yeah. 70s or whatever. We're just so much stuff. The league is trying to figure out itself or whatever. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't really necessarily remember of like, oh, yeah, that team was in the West. or oh, That team was in the East or, or why things changed or, you know, teams moving and why they didn't move or whatever. So And, and it's just fun to kind of see the league sort of forming itself. And try to figure out, okay, what the hell are we going to do here? And we've seen, I mean, really since nineteen eighty one, which makes a lot of sense that that's really when the league, in a lot of ways, started stabilizing and, and becoming, you know, the global entity it is. Is when you know the they they figured out, okay, here's where the teams are, here's where they're going to be, and and it sort of speaks a little bit to the league's you know madness for for all those years when all these teams are moving around and changing and the conferences or whatever. So I, I think it's a it's a it's a good representation of the league as a whole looking at these realignments and looking at you, you know the stabilization that happened in the early eighties and and how it sort of held for ever since then
0: right yeah i think we take for granted it's easy to take for granted that um you know that the things were not like this because you know we're just kind of so used to things being the the way that they are it's just weird always sometimes when you go back in the 70s and you look at like you know um houston being in the eastern conference finals or you know things like that it's like oh yeah that, that that was completely different and how it got there and the um because the changes were so you know, it wasn't just one or two teams that changed. It they happened. It was all encompassing throughout the entire league. It's so, sort of hard to wrap your mind around, you know, the shape of the league, then because it was uh, different in you know major and subtle ways. It's it, it, assuming something that like this is nice to break it down into, um, you know, kind of an organized way where, where you can kind of. It's easier, at least for me, to wrap my mind around. Hopefully, for the listeners as well, to kind of get a sense of you know the historical shifts and changes and, and how things kind of uh, came about. Hopefully, we successfully conveyed that to them hopefully yeah. people uh, enjoy that and uh, if you have been enjoying the show um Please uh, leave a rating and review. We're on um, iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. We're on you know basically Google Play. Basically any uh, of the uh, services that you want to listen to, we are available to you. We would love for uh, you to uh, to give us a little shout out uh, on there, especially on iTunes. We appreciate that. Um, we are. Uh, you can find us at the Step back at fansided.com, and there's a lot of great content going on there. Other good podcasts and other uh, lots of good writing on what's going on in the NBA season as it currently is happening and um, uh, also on Facebook and Twitter at over and back NBA so I'm an old person who says at before uh, that so <laughs> uh, so um, so you can do that you, you know what I mean and uh, yeah we'd love to have you there you uh, Shout us out. Let, let us know if there's anything on the episode that you thought was interesting or any questions or, or what have you. We'll always appreciate that. So, uh, did I forget anything, Rich? Uh, no, I think you got it.
1: And yeah, if there is any service that you listen to podcasts on and we're not on there, just let us know uh, at Over and NBA and then we will uh, look it up and make sure that we can get on that service. But I think we should be just about everywhere you do get shows. But hey, yeah, if, if if I use X app and you guys aren't on there, let us know and we'll, we'll do what we can to get on
0: there. Absolutely. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon.